forgot to unmute my mic there. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Dad's Gaming Corner, a podcast of conversations between dads and their kids about games, movies, and everything in between. I am your host, Michael Masick, and with me is my son, Jaden. I am with you. Uh, should this be called a podcast of conversations between Michael and Jaden about games, movies, and everything in between? Maybe. We haven't had any guests in a while. We used to have it like a guest a month. Yeah. And then COVID, mm. you know, really got bad. And then we just got busy with holidays and everything. But that's okay. This is Dad's Gaming Corner for Thursday, January 28th, 2021. We are coming to you a day late. There's been a lot going on for us this week, but this is episode 49. And I'm not going to name or say the title of today's episode because... I'm not a pun guy. I'm not, and I'm, but you are, Jay. So why don't you go ahead and like? Well, it doesn't and, really and put some enthusiasm behind it. All right, y'all ready? Okay, so this episode is episode forty-nine, and it's titled "Mando." Skip this show. Okay, so now put it together, so it's like you're actually saying it without like the pauses and the. All right, so the way I'm reading man, it is, wait. man, don't skip this show. Oh, man, don't skip this show. Yes. Yeah, so so we're going to talk about uh, The Mandalorian Season 1. We're talking we've, about Mandalorian. We've talked about on the show before that we really liked Episode 1 of The Mandalorian Season 1, but we never got past Season 1, and uh, we had some time on our Christmas break, and since then, then we are jumping in full-fledged into The Mandalorian, and man, that was, I was going to say Mando, that was so good. I, I really enjoyed it. In fact, I, I enjoyed it more than the prequel Star Wars films, which I know I'm going to, you know, there's people wow. out there that are like screaming at me right now saying, you are wrong. But yes, everyone out there, uh, especially the Carlson family, <laughs> Mandalorian is better than episodes one, two, and three. I stand by it. Yeah. <laughs> um, really enjoyed it. And so we're going to talk a little about that later on in the show. But before we get into that, as always, be sure to follow us on Twitter. At Dad's GC. You know, that's a good thing to do because that's where we did our Christmas giveaway. Uh, that was so much fun doing that. And even interacting with the winners uh, who won the, the two prizes, the two games that we gave away. Also, follow us on Facebook.com slash Dad's Gaming Corner. As always, we'd love to hear from you personally. So you can drop us a line at heydad at dadsgamingcorner.com. Send us your thoughts and your questions and even your own stories. And like we announced last week, we are now on Discord. We have our own dedicated server. So all you need to do is send us an email or send us a quick message on Twitter for an invite, and we'll send that to you right away. Um, I am setting up a form. Um, I don't want to just put the the code right out there. Uh, you know what? It, 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 at this point, it's only going to be the listeners. Okay, you are listeners. If you want to chat with us, you want to jump on Discord, it's free. If you don't already have Discord at this point, I'm not sure who doesn't. But uh, in the show notes, there's going to be a link right there for Discord. So just go to the show notes. Click on that link. It'll take you directly to our server. It'll ask you for an invite. We'll invite you, and then we can chat. And then, you know, down the road, what I'd love to do is even open it up to bring people on the show. Like, mm-hmm. that'd be so cool to plan, like, a live episode, uh, you know, like a like, couple weeks in advance. Get listeners lined up and have them come in and, and comment on their own. That'd just be a fun listener that'd episode. Cool. So, uh, yeah, y'all, y'all come on and join us on Discord. We have a lot of fun there. So, uh, some updates we wanted to give you guys is that, uh, one, I want to just brag on you. We have the best listeners, um, period. And so we did our, and here's why I said it. We did the Christmas giveaway, which I want, you know, you know, one of the, the first prize was the smaller one. It was, you know, Hollow Knight. And then the other prize was, was larger, and it was Fire Emblem Three Houses. And um, both winners were, first of all, so incredibly thankful for the gifts. And I thought that was so cool. 
Um, they didn't complain about the gifts. They didn't ask for something different. I mean, I didn't really give them the option. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, I mean, nobody complained. They were just, they were truly grateful, which I thought was just really cool to, to work with our listeners that way. And um, and then one of our listeners, and I, and, I, and I won't say who, because the individual wants to rename anonymous, anonymous, there's the word. Anonymous. 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 Ammonia. Yep. They, were, they wanted to rename, re, rename. Rename. <laughs> Can we talk? Remain anonymous. There's the word. And, um, but they actually, you know, after some emails back and forth, they actually asked if they could uh, donate their Christmas giveaway and if we could send it to a friend of theirs that's been dealing just with, you know, depression and just a lot of hard times. You know, 2020 was a hard year. Um, you know, everybody's being isolated in their homes. There's a lot going on. People are feeling very disconnected, uh, just kind of down right now. And so this individual said, thank you so much. I love it. Um, we got this friend. Would you mind sending it to them? And I just thought, how cool, you know, how generous of this person to do that. And so I just, we've got the best listeners out there. And I'm just yep. so proud of you guys. It was just Good awesome. For it was a really cool moment. I really enjoyed that. Um, we also got to watch Wonder Woman 84 a second time. And uh, Jay, you and I actually went to go see it at an IMAX screen. So it was we a did. huge screen. Pretty cool. deafening sound yep very loud and um you know just i'll read the stats from last week you know wonder woman 84 uh is sitting at 60 percent critics and then 74 percent audience on rotten tomatoes and um we were a little hard on it last episode but i thought we were fair like Mm -hmm. i didn't think we slammed it i didn't think we were unfair but right i thought we gave a fair assessment of of the movie agreed um however we've watched it a second time and I know I have different opinions now. Like, I stand by my f- first original opinion, and that's the one I will stick to. Mm-hmm. But after the expectations of the first one were, were gone, and I knew what I was walking into, and I was able to follow the storyline better because there's so much going on yeah. in, in, eight, in Wonder Woman 84, um, my opinions changed. So why don't you lead us off on this conversation? Um, I think, so yeah, we saw it a second time. I don't think my opinion changed very much um one thing i did enjoy more the second watch through watch through watch through um is that i i understood the story a little bit more like you said i understood the um the way the stone really worked and everything right um the first time i was confused a lot and there were multiple things where i was very unclear about but this time i really understood it more so that was that made it more enjoyable um but um, like you said, my your first opinions, you're gonna stick with that. I'm gonna stick with my first opinions because it didn't really change that much. I, you know, I, I like the movie and still like it. Still think it's cool. No, that's where I'm. I'm standing. I mean, I still enjoyed the movie. Uh, I don't think it's a better movie than what I originally stated. Mm. Um, I still think uh, I fall in the. Um, I think 74 percent is accurate. I think I fall in the low 70s mm-hmm. uh, for Wonder Woman 84. Uh, I thought it was a really fun good movie it just wasn't great and it wasn't amazing and it it didn't blow my socks off um but with the first one out of the way and knowing already the story of the second one going into it i was um you you know i have an issue mixing superheroes and magic uh, unless it's done really really well Mm -hmm. i still don't think they did it real well uh i I, um let me just say i still don't i still don't think they did it really well uh there was definitely some plot holes or some things where it seemed like Mm, I need you to explain this to me 
And it said it was just like they waved their hand and said, it's magic. And I'm like, right. okay. And I'm not sure how I feel about that. Uh, but I enjoyed it a whole lot more. Uh, and, and I was, you know, last week when we talked about it on the show, we were talking about the different parts that we enjoyed and the, and the parts that we had issues with. And while we were watching it this time, I was thinking, and there's actually a lot more to this movie that I enjoyed than I re- remember enjoying. Um, part of it would be uh, like, like that whole be- like from the very beginning um, mm-hmm. of the movie, like that, that part when she's a young girl. I forgot how, how long that part was. I really enjoy that. Mm-hmm. And then leading up pretty much all the way until uh, or all the way through the part where um, Diana is, is, is giving a tour uh, to Steve through, you know, DC, oh, yeah. and he's looking at the Smithsonian, and he's looking at all these different things. All of that first part, man, I loved it. Mm-hmm. I loved the beginning parts with them all. I loved her finding Steve. I love that. For I don't care how it happens now, magic, whatever. But I like how it all worked out. I, his personality is so great. Yeah, and so I, I definitely enjoyed you know the first part of the movie more than I originally thought I did the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do stand by my statement that, and because I was watching the second time, of like she never really has that moment where she just stands up and, you know, she's just amazing. She's Wonder Woman. Right. Um, I was a little bit more okay with it this time because you saw her really struggling with her heart, which is very real. I mean, she's been giving for decades, and the one thing that she wants, she has not. She has to give it back up. Mm-hmm. And so, and and I get that, and I and I enjoy the story. Um, but it didn't change my opinions of that. But I did enjoy the story, and I felt like I went into it less critical and more just to enjoy the movie as it was. And that's one of the things that kind of bummed me in the first time. And it's not, not that it's a bad thing, but it bummed me because um, Wonder Woman 2 was an enjoyable, fun film, kind of like Aquaman, mm-hmm. um, leagues above Batman versus Superman mm-hmm. and Man of Steel and all those. But it it still wasn't the caliber of the first Wonder Woman that was like, oh yeah, DC has a chance now to finally, yeah, you know, you know, compete with compete Marvel with Marvel here, and I was like, it's not there. Nope. Um, I stand by everything we said last week as far as she wore the gold armor way too, you know, way too it little, was way too little. Uh, there wasn't that huge elevate or evolution evolution of the character for Cheetah, um, Max Lord, you know, his whole character. It was one of those things where I'm like. Okay, never really hated the guy, never really a villain to me. I mean, I, I, I kind of see him as a villain. Yeah, he's a villain, yeah. but not one worthy of Wonder Woman. You know, right. if it wasn't for her losing her power, then it's like the movie would have been over in the first. Right. right. I mean, that's he would not have worked. Cheetah would not have worked if she hadn't, you know, lost sh- her power, chosen Steve. Yeah, and that was, and that's really what it came down to. And it's basically, it's like taking a Superman movie and saying, hey. Uh, this guy over here that you can normally flick with your yeah. finger like a thimble, um, you know, he doesn't deserve to be in a Superman movie, but we're going to take all your powers away, and now he's a formidable opponent. Right. That's kind of what it felt like. Mm-hmm. So, But I did enjoy it. It was a lot of fun to go back and watch. So any other thoughts on that before we move on here? Um, no, I, yeah, no, I agree with everything you said. Great movie. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. Lots of fun. And it was interesting. We went and saw, like I said, the IMAX and I've never had this happen before, but uh, I got a message, you know, notification from AMC before we even left the house saying, "Are you still? Are you still? Oh, yeah. Are you still coming to see the movie?" And I'm thinking, I've never seen that before, and so I'm like, "Yes, we're coming to see the movie. 
we get there in one of the largest screens they have because the you know, largest auditoriums they have because it's a huge IMAX screen. Mm-hmm. And we are the only two people in there. And, like, no other tickets are bought. And then, like, right before the movie starts. A few other people yeah, showed and up. They, yeah, and they sat in the very, very, very far back. Mm-hmm. And so we were social distancing by, like, 40, 50 yeah. feet. But it was just nobody was there. It was crazy. It was, it was really weird. So um, one other piece of news that I want to give an update on, which hits close to my heart because I love this and I love special editions, is that Monster Hunter Rise, which is coming out in March, uh, they've, re- they've announced a special edition Switch console and a special edition Pro Controller. And at first, this was for Japan only. Then it was Europe, and now it's in France as well. So it looks like it should make its way over to the U.S. as well. Mm-hmm. And I, as much as I love Monster Hunter and I would love to have this console, it's a little too busy for me. Yeah. Um, we're going to put links to the show notes about it. But, yeah, Jay, go and talk about it a little bit. So I'm looking at pictures of it right here. The dock. So they themed pretty much everything. Which, by the way, the stock on this is just a standard, you know, gray switch. So it's not oh, like yeah. a colored switch like Animal Crossing was. It's this or the new Mario themed one. It's standard gray. It's gray. Um, the switch, you know, or the dock has stuff on it. Um, it looks cool. It looks amazing. Yeah, but like you said, it's a little busy. There's a little much going on. I mean, um, it's definitely drag, Dragon Hunter. You can see it all over it. I mean, there's a dragon on it itself. There's mm-hmm. there's key symbols from the game. Um, it, it's 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 gold on black, basically. You have all yeah. this gold artwork, and that's the only that's the color they themed it with. And it's but it's all over the dock, all over the back of the switch, all over the front and back of the Joy Cons. Yeah, I I don't mind the Joy Cons. I think they look okay, the front and the back. But the dock and the back of the switch are both a lot. Um, so, I mean, it looks cool, but not my favorite that they've come out with. Although, yes, they also have a themed pro controller. That I want. Which looks amazing. That I want. This pro controller, y'all, y'all look it up. Um, Monster Hunter Rise Special Edition Nintendo Switch Pro Controller. It, it looks, looks so super good. duper cool. Um, that's my that's definitely my favorite part out of the whole package. Yes. That looks cool. I mean, we have four Pro Controllers right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got the Special Edition Xenoblade Chronicles 2, Special Edition Smash Brothers, Special Edition Splatoon, uh, Splatoon 2. 2, and then which are all the Special Editions, and then we have the standard black, uh, black gray one, which then we modded and put oh, pur- yeah. uh, those deep purple buttons in, which look mm-hmm. really good. Um, I want this controller. The controller it looks, looks really good. It looks really, really good, um, but it's one of those things to where it's like I'm not, I'm not importing it from another country. Mm-hmm. I'm not paying the extra money. Um, if it comes to the U.S., I'll pre-order it. I'll grab it however I can. Um, I'd like to have it, but you know, not that bad. Nice. And even the Switch uh, Special Edition console looks great. Um, and we've had, you know, I had the Diablo, or we have the Diablo one mm-hmm. with the dock and the Switch and everything. But it was just minimal enough to where it's like, ooh, that looks sharp. Yeah. And where I am right now with the Animal Crossing, like I'm holding it right now, I love me my pastel green mint Joy-Con and my pastel sky blue Joy-Con, where on the flip side, you got this really soft cream color. I mean, I do like the two-tone. It's cool. And they're very clean, mm-hmm. very simple. Sophisticated. I like the back of the Switch being themed for Animal Crossing, but it's not in your face. Yeah. Um, this is still my favorite themed uh, Nintendo Switch console. And then the dock itself, you know, it's it's that same uh, cream color with a few of the villagers there. I love it. It's my it's my favorite 
themed console, um, which is a good thing because I don't need to buy any additional yeah. Nintendo <laughs> Switches. We have enough in this household. Yep. It does bring me up to wonder, though, Nintendo has been releasing a lot of, of special editions. I mean, they were, I mean, I say a lot. I mean, they did, Animal Crossing was the last one, but then they announced the, oh, yeah. the Mario one, which is red and blue. Nothing on it, but it's red and blue. Then they announced this one. And the thing is that these are the exact same components as the, you know, the, the, as, as the newer Switch, that, which is the same Switch, but just with a better battery, like the Animal Crossing dock or mm-hmm. Animal Crossing Switch. Um, are they pushing off the fact that there's a Pro Switch coming at all this year? Or are they saying, how can we quickly and cheaply skin a lot of these Switches? But here's the thing, and I've heard this theory back and forth about, like, well, Nintendo's trying to clear out inventory to make room for the Switch Pro. Mm-hmm. Okay, Nintendo's been the best-selling console uh, for over two years. They don't have warehouses full of inventory that they're trying to shell out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They don't need it. They're empty. trying to stay in stock. It is still, I mean, we live in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, just south of Dallas, and it's, you. It, it chances are you're not going to find a Switch. I was at a GameStop in uh, 20 minutes from here the other day, and, why, I mean, this happens all the time. While I'm in store, they get a call, and they say, no, we don't have any Nintendo Switches in. Uh, we have one Switch Lite, and it's this color. I mean, they can't keep the Switch Lite or the Switch in stock, and that's true for most stores in the area. Like if I go to a Walmart or a Target and they have one right there in their, you know, electronics center, it's extremely rare. But yeah. it's going to be gone within a day. Mm-hmm. And so it's not like Nintendo has all the stock that they're trying to push out. So I'm a little confused because all the analysts are saying that this is definitely the year that we're going to have a Switch Pro. We're already through the end of January. Um, if they're releasing one in March, then they've only have like a couple weeks to talk about it. Like, yeah. we should be hearing something mid-February. I Instead would expect- of them announcing all these right. skinned ones. Right. <laughs> um, and now, here's the concern I have. Unless, what they're going to do, because all, I mean, there's no way they're going to release these brand new skinned switches and then drop the price immediately. Mm-hmm. So, that makes me think, all right, if a Switch Pro is still coming in March, you know, that timeline... Then all of these switch, this, the standard switch that we have today is going to stay three hundred dollars. They're not going to drop the price. The switch light's going to stay at two hundred. They're not going to drop the price, and the switch pro is going to be four hundred. Mm. Um, which makes sense to me. I don't like it, but it makes sense to me because if they brought the switch pro in at three hundred, they would have to drop the switch to like two or two fifty. The switch lights would have to be dropped down to like ninety nine or you know one fifty at the at the most at yeah. the most. So I think they're going to keep all the current pricing standards and if a switch pro comes out you know here in about a month and a half two mm-hmm. months it's probably going to be four hundred dollars and, and you're going to get it day I'm, one <laughs> i'm getting it day one like i've already told you know mommy yep. like that's what i'm doing so anyway um but i am excited about this nintendo keeps putting things out there and uh, there's no slowdown in sight which is pretty cool oh so. yeah we're not complaining He's not at all. All these skin switches these are, are still super things. cool. These are great things to talk yep. about. So, um, Let's do a quick little update on what we've been up to. Um, I mentioned last week that I've been playing a game called Spiritfarer, which released, I believe, in August of uh, 2020, released you know, last year. And I picked it up while we were out of town, and I finally beat the game. I have over 50 hours in the game, and the game is simply amazing i don't remember if i gave it a score last week but i'm I'm, right now it's absolutely amazing it's a nine out of ten um i mean it has a few little issues here and there i had which is really interesting it wasn't until towards the end of the game that i started noticing bugs Hmm. so which i've seen in other games where they're the early part of the game has more testing and the latter part of the game has less testing so Hmm. maybe that's the case 
Um, so there was a couple of crashes that freaked me out mm. because maybe mm. I hadn't saved and I played yeah. for three hours straight and then it crashes and I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> but thank you for autosave. And autosave yep. saves it at different points. Um, but it, but it, it, I'm just going to give it three things on here because this is, I'm not reviewing the game, but I do want to say it's a an, it's an extremely emotional journey. And what you're doing is you are literally ferrying spirits um, to the afterlife. And so when they die, uh, they come, you know, you meet them on different islands. And and as a spirit, they're just like these, I want to call them almost, almost like tent people because they look like little squares or rectangles. They have no real form to them, but they have this like glowy, you know, fire behind them. And you know that they're a spirit. And you meet different ones that want to come on your boat. And what you end up doing is you help them complete different tasks, rather be with loved ones or just different things. And you build relationships with your, you know, these different spirits. And then you take them to the Everdoor, which is how they, they pass on uh, to the next, next life. And man, some of the characters I just didn't want to let go of. Like, mm-hmm. I did not want to let go. Some other ones, I was ready to get off the boat. Like, let me finish Yeah, they all have their own unique personalities yes. and things about them. But I did a 100% completion on this game, collected every collectible there was, did every side quest that you could do, every upgrade you could do. Absolutely loved this game. It's a solid 9 out of 10. Uh, beautiful hand-drawn animations, full of warmth. I mean, it's just, it's a very, um, just a, an, an enjoyable game especially with you know everything going on in our world right now and Mm -hmm. in our nation with covid and the political unrest and everything it's sometimes you want just can i get a little piece of goodness just to enjoy and that's what it is Uh, and it also has one of the best soundtracks that i've heard of any game that i've played recently i mean and and i mean i sang a lot game of recent it's just such a good soundtrack which matches the art style of just this warmth as you're playing really enjoyed it uh, that Spirit Fair, I believe it's thirty dollars on the eShop. I need to double check. Um, worth every dime. Um, just an incredible, incredible game. And so, um, before we get to our main topic, I do need to, I do want to do uh, two game reviews here. We're a little bit backed up on our game reviews, and so I've got two rather than just one. And I'm going to try to get through these, uh, give you details, you our listeners, but at the same time, um, try not to bore you with things that don't necessarily matter. Uh, the first game is Rock of Ages 3 Make and Break. It is rated T for Teen, and it's $29.99. You can pick it up on the Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Steam, and, believe it or not, Google Stadia. And uh, that's still like, I can't believe the games are coming to Stadia because I see nothing out there about Stadia. Yeah, me neither. It's really weird. Yeah. Um, so we did receive a review code for this from the publisher, so thank you very much for that. And uh, I want to talk just a little bit about this game. This is the third one in the series. Uh, I believe the second, well, I know the second one. I'm not sure about the first one, but the second one is on the Nintendo eShop. And um, I'm, I'm going to save the score till the end here. Uh, so this game is, uh, let me just read a little bit from, from their own uh headlines here. So make your own levels and break everyone else's. Rock of Ages 3 Make and Break is a competitive tower defense and arcade action rolled up with ace team's quirky monty python-esque humor into one giant creative game for the ages it's a really weird description um because like they said it's competitive tower defense and arcade action game you 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 half of the game is 
you rolling a giant ball, rather it be a boulder, rather it be a ball made out of sheep, uh, different kinds of things, and you're trying to break down, rather it be enemy defenses, break into a, a, a castle. Uh, the very first level is you're trying to break out of a cyclops's cave, and you rolled a boulder in front of it. Um, so that's what you're doing. And then the other half of the game is you're building levels, and it's kind of like tower defense where you're setting, I mean, it is tower defense where you're setting up you know, fortifications and towers and barriers and blockades to block, you know, the enemy's boulder coming back at you. Let me continue reading what they wrote here. Jump into the expansive, gut-busting story featuring Bizarre, and this game is extremely bizarre. The animation, the storytelling, the, well, not really storytelling, but just the the dialogue, let's say that. Uh, It's very, very bizarre. Uh, And irreverent takes on legendary characters uh, for the first time. It says, create and share your own le- levels to compete with friends and strangers online in, in a real-time mix of hectic tower defense and epic boulder racing arcade action. So, for the first time in the series, you can build and upload your levels, and then you can download levels that others have created. Um, mm-hmm. One thing that I noticed about this game is that the levels that I downloaded from other, other people and the levels that I saw from other people made me think, why didn't the developers make these levels? Mm. And so let me go and just put it out there. Um, well, no, I'll, I'll hold off on it for a second. There's a lot of negatives for me on this game. Now, now I want to say it up front. I'm not a fan of the series. And so, uh, or in other words, I haven't played the other games in the series. So if you're a fan of the series, this might be right up your alley. But this game feels broke from beginning to end. Um, level design is really weird. Sound issues are all throughout the game. And it's not just a matter that the humor is a different style that I don't necessarily care for. It's when I download levels from others, I'm thinking, why didn't the developers do that? Because a lot of the levels in this game are so unforgiving that when you do beat them, you don't feel rewarded. It's more of like, man, I'm du- I'm glad yeah. I finally beat that level and Push I'm putting this it. game down now. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it was literally like pushing through to play the game all the while not enjoying it. Um and and there's a lot of t- there's a lot of issues with camera angles, a lot of issues with the physics. There's a lot of issues with the game where my boulder is like aiming right at the door to break it, uh, or or whatever the object is that I'm supposed to be completing. And I might get off a quarter. I mean, on the TV it looks like a quarter of an inch, but in reality it's like barely anything. And then my ball gets derailed, and then it, it falls off the edge and jumps backwards. And I'm thinking, I didn't hit a ramp, so mm-hmm. why did my ball just jump up? But just that little bit, and. It did not seem consistent. It was almost like trying to learn the rules as you're playing the game, all the while the rules are changing on you as you're playing the game. Mm. That was very frustrating. Um, there's almost no tutorial system worth speaking of. I mean, there's a very little bit in the beginning on the campaign mode, which is break, and then on the create where you're kind of like freestyling it and just you know creating your levels. There's a very little tutorial system, and I mean little meaning... After it's done, you don't know what you're doing unless you know this game. Like, you've played the first two. Right. I did not know what I was doing. I wasted so much time creating levels that should have been, in the very beginning, easy to defend, and I couldn't defend. And then once I was able to figure it out, again, it wasn't fun. Um, It was not a tower defense game that was fun. Um, Did not like it whatsoever. Um, there's a lot of text in this game, and the text is just way too hard to read. It's really small. Uh, I've already mentioned the physics, but the physics just, they don't, they're not consistent. They don't feel consistent at all. 
Uh, the game does encourage you to constantly speed up as you're rolling your boulder, um, but that is simply not realistic because a lot of times there's obstacles and traps that don't always respond correctly. And so you might want to speed up, but then you're hitting the brakes and right. pulling back on the joystick because you're like, I got to slow down and you have to slowly navigate. And then you get to the to the uh, your objective and you got to hit it full force. And I'm thinking, I just went slow through this whole maze. It, it doesn't make sense. So the game's constantly saying, speed up. And then you're like, I can't speed up. I got to slow down. And then it penalizes you. Mm. And you might be thinking, okay, this is my 20th try. I've got it nailed. And then you get close to a, I don't know, like a, I don't know what it's called, like a spring door launch pad thing. And it's, and it launches you off the track. And I'm thinking, okay, <laughs> last time I hit that, I had to hit like square on. And now I'm brushing up next to it and, it, and it's triggering it. And so I found that some of my play, playthroughs, I was purposely just knocking out all of the um, barriers, if I could, just to try to get into the game and enjoy it. But I, I never, I never really did. Yeah. Um, Again, the make mode I found completely frustrating. Once I did know what to do, no in quotes because I'm doing this by my own logic, it didn't make sense. Um, now, the game does review better. If you look at this game on Switch versus other consoles, across the board, you're going to see low ratings for Switch. It does review better on other consoles, but not by much. And I mean like only a two or three point difference. And so... Um, yeah. So here's what I was going to say. If you're a fan of the series, I would say definitely spend time, watch some YouTube videos on this one before you pick it up. Even if it's on sale, watch some YouTube playthroughs. Um, whatever console you're going to buy it for, make sure you're watching it for that console as well because mm. there seems to be inconsistencies across the board. It's not like just the Switch is the lower brother. There seems to be inconsistencies across the board. Um, so, But this game I, I cannot recommend. I'm giving it a 3 out of 10. And just, uh, again, uh, a lot of text issues that you can't read. No tutorial system. Uh, the physics don't make sense. Uh, the game is not consistent with how the traps work that you're playing with. Uh, the game feels very brutal and unrewarding and almost like it's mocking you <laughs> when you're losing. And I'm like, I seriously was getting mad while playing this game. And I'm not bad at games. And um, But, again... That's our review for the Switch. 3 out of 10, solid. That's where I'm standing, not moving. Um, but if you're interested, go check it out on YouTube. See see what else you might see because I I was definitely not impressed. Um, Rock of Ages 3, make or break, this game totally broke it for me. And I'm not even interested in looking at the series after this. And so uh, that might be a little harsh, but that's the reality of the Switch release. There was just, it does not play, it just, the, the game itself feels broke, like it's in alpha stages or something. I'm not sure. I don't know. Uh, yeah, so... But that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. Watch some reviews, read some reviews before you pick it up. Or, you know, if you're just a diehard fan for this this uh, um, this franchise, then, you know, go, why I mean, not? you spent some time looking at it and watching it. Yeah. What were it, your thoughts? I, yeah, I agree. It looked really hard. It looked... It did not look like a game I would like. Um... We reviewed a game a few shows back called Scully, and it kind of reminds me of that, how the rolling is really hard. I hate those kinds of games that are, like, hard to control because I get very frustrated easily. Now, Scully, we gave a low review to as well. I think mm -hmm. we gave it, like, a maybe a 4, a 3 right. or a 4. But Scully is one of those games to where if the developers would patch a few things, I'd want to go back because mm -hmm. I enjoyed the collecting aspect of it. And I, yeah. there was potential. 
this game feels like a mess. Just like how the beginning it says, you know, the description of the genres that it is. I don't think this game knows what genre it's trying <laughs> to pick. And I think it's trying to hit a lot of them. Yeah, I feel like they just bit off a little bit more than they could chew. Some of these things, like you said, some of the genres don't really seem like they mash, mesh very well. Um, but that's just our review, you know. Let us know what y'all think about it if y'all end up picking it up. Yeah, and shoot us it an out. email. I may be crazy. Shoot me an email. Hey, dad at dadsgamingcorner.com or jump on Discord and we can have a lively, polite conversation mm-hmm. about it as well. All right. The next game I want to talk about is Mars Horizon. It is rated E for everyone. You can get it on Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Steam. Um, this game is $19.99, and I'm going to go ahead and give it right up front. I'm giving this game an 8 out of 10. And uh, I'm gonna, we're going to talk a little bit about the game directly from the website and some of their promotional material, and then we're going to talk about our own experiences on this as well. So, uh, Mars Horizon. Lead a space agency from the dawn of the space age to landing humans on Mars in the strategy simulation game. In Mars Horizon, you take control of a major space agency, leading it from the dawn of the space age through the landing uh, or, or, to, or to landing astronauts on Mars. And with the space agency, you can pick different ones, rather it be, you know, Europe's or the U.S. or Russia. I mean, there's different cool. ones. And so it, it's very, it's actually really cool. Um, guide your agency through the space race and write your alternate history of space travel. Any of the agencies can be the first to land on the moon if you make the right choices. Manage the numerous challenges faced both then and now. And some of the highlights here, uh, you can create your own base with launch pads. You create your own research labs. Um, There's an incredible skill tree to this game. I'm just going to use that phrase as far as when you build your rockets and how you want to develop your science and what researches you want to do. Always love a skill tree. An astronaut. Oh, tell me about. What, what, there's something satisfying there's about something, a good uh-huh. skill tree, and that's just yep. true in any game. Yep. Um, an astronaut training facility, and, and much, much more. Um, let me see here. Let me turn this over here. But it's. I mean, there's a lot here. You construct your own um, custom vehicles from hundreds of combinations. You can launch satellites and crew spacecraft to explore the solar system. Run mission control, and that's here's the other cool thing. You can run mission control yourself as you solve the various challenges of turn-based missions to earn scientific advancement and public support, explore an expensive tech, uh, tech tree, which we already talked about. Um, again, there's five different space agencies. Everybody's unique. They have their own uh, b- bonuses based on their country, based on how they work with one another. Um, they could go everything from their own traits to base vehicles and spacecrafts. Everything is unique, and you can even create your own custom space agency. And so Mars Horizon, I'm, I'm going to say this, is one of those games that when you first start playing, it can feel a little deep and overwhelming. Mm-hmm. There is a lot here. Uh, even the, 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 the very beginning, your first mission, where all you are is designing a rocket to send it to space, it's going to explode. Um, <laughs> and I'm just saying that up front. It's going to explode. Uh, it's going to fail. But don't worry, it's unmanned, so you're good there. Uh-huh. Um, but every time you do something, you're always learning. So the game isn't... I really appreciate Mars Horizon because it doesn't beat you down. And as you, uh, rather if you you succeed in a mission or if you fail at a mission, you're still gaining points. You're still learning. Your scientists are still learning on why it failed so you can make then better rockets. Uh, The game is, it is a space simulation sim. Now, don't, don't get confused by sim and think about the, the earth side of it. The actual earth side of it's, 
in my opinion, kind of boring. And it's very simple. You're literally just placing your buildings and upgrading them where you have them. Um, and it honestly doesn't look that great either. Like the animation is kind of gross when you get on Earth. But it's when you're in space. <laughs> and, it, and it's the fact that you're launching mis- missions into space. There's so, it's something so rewarding about um, you know designing missiles, prepping for a mission, waiting on weather conditions. And here's the thing. I love watching whenever NASA or SpaceX sends something into space. And I've woken you up and mm-hmm. all the kids up when they do you know those type of events. Those mm-hmm. are huge to me. And I think they matter uh, for us to watch. And that's what you're doing. And you do the countdowns, and if rain comes in or if it's too cloudy, you've got to scrub the launch, all this kinds of stuff. Uh, the, the, the game is borderline too detailed. Now, I say borderline mm-hmm. because here's the thing. The game has one of the best tutorial systems I've seen in any game I've ever played. And, uh, and, and it's not like it gives you an overly amount of like, oh, I've got to read this book before I play the game. Uh, it's extremely intuitive. So every time you need to do something new early on the game, they're right there with you and saying, hey, you're going to do this. You got to do this. Now now make the choice what you want to do, and now you're going to do this. And at any time in the game, you can pull up the tutorial system, and then you can read the book. You can read the manual on Mars Horizon, basically, if you want to, and get more of the details. Just an incredible game. Uh, one of the things that's really cool about this is that Mars Horizon has has been made with the input and support of the European Space Agency and the UK Space Agency. That is super duper cool. I mean, come on. An an indie developer working with two huge space agencies to get input on everything from engineers developing the technology used in the actual Mars programs, uh, designing next-generation missions, I mean, everything, you know, how the rockets work and the training for the astronauts, everything has been, uh, they've collaborated on with two major space agencies, which gives it a very realistic, legitimate gameplay um, scenario and experience. A lot of fun. So again, we're giving this game an 8 out of 10. Just some of my own thoughts on here. Well, I've already given them to you, but just a few more is that I said this earlier on, there's a lot to dig through Mars Horizon. um, And... And if you're one that wants a real simple game, this game is probably not for you. But I would still say don't 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 wipe it off your list yet. Check out some videos on YouTube. Um, it's one of those games to where when I first picked it up, I was like, okay, I'm not in the right frame of mind to do this. I'm gonna put it back down. Picked it up a second time, and then I was gonna do a short playthrough, and then I kept playing, and then I kept playing because I wanted to get to the next stage. I mm-hmm. wanted my first rocket busted. Okay, so I wanted to keep going and keep. Going. I wanted to get people in space. Um, a lot of fun. Uh, Mars Horizon is a very deep, detailed game. Uh, again, it has a lot of great tutorial systems. Uh, it's always available. The animation style looks really good when you're in space, when you're launching your first... Ro- the first time I I launched <laughs> my first rocket, I was like, this is so epic. Yeah, I was going to say, I think if you're like a spacey person and you're all into space and whatever goes along with that, I think you will especially like this game. Um, so that's like a little added bonus for you. If you're already into space, then this game is like for you. Space lovers are going to love the detail yep. they put into this game. And even if you're not a space lover, uh, the game is so well built that, I mean, you can you can have hours and hours and hours into this game. And one of the things the game does is that you can truly 
kind of, you know, you can really not only develop your own space agency, but you can really pave your own path in the direction you go in the, in the relationships you make with other space agencies, how, you know, which direction you go, you could be behind in the space race and jump advance in the space race. There's so much you can do, but because of that, there's, I mean, unless you're just of a one-track mind, there's really endless replayability to this game. There's so much you can do. You can, you know, start with the UK, then you could switch over to the US, and there's so much you could do with this um, this game. It's just, I, it's one that I don't think anybody should pass, should pass up. Just a couple of highlights here. The first one is simply this: you're sending rockets and astronauts into space. Cool enough by itself. Mic drop. I mean, that right there is good <laughs> enough by itself. Fantastic tech tree, a great tutorial system, clean menus, uh, and the sheer magnitude of personal choices to make uh, uh, guarantees. Oh, no, the personal choices you can make guarantees a unique experience while offering multiple playthroughs. Uh, Absolutely love this game, giving it a strong 8 out of 10. I definitely think you you owe it to yourself to either pick this one up um, or at least, you know, check it out and look at some reviews, uh, other, other playthroughs, I mean on YouTube because this game is good. But I will say this. There's a difference between watching and playing. And when you accomplish what you need to accomplish in your agency to finally send your first manned uh, mission, it's so cool. And the same thing, there's a loss there to where, I mean, you can lose astronauts, and that kind of hits you. So it's very realistic, but it's a great game. So just make sure you check it out. Again, that's uh, Mars Horizon. We'll put links to both of those games in the show notes so you can check them out. Okay, Jay, let's move on to Man Don't Skip This Show. So just real quick, in case anybody doesn't get it, because you didn't get it at first, I I I feel like I had to spell it out. Yeah, spell out for listeners. So, you know, in the show, they call him Mando. That's his name for sure. Right, yeah. And, you know, when y'all are listening to this, you'll see the title, so it'll make more sense. But, you know, it's, it's Mando skip this show because this show is incredible this show well we haven't even watched the whole show i mean we watched the first season season and it's only eight episodes long but it's so good like what all right let's go and let's go and jump on in here so the mandalorian is rated pg-13 uh common sense media gives it ages uh edge rating of 10 and up now we have let micah watch this with us and he's about to be six and i'm okay with that like uh there's almost zero language. Like a lot of the episodes have no language. Yeah. You'll have one that have, has like one or two words. So mm-hmm. it's very clean. Uh, there there are action fight scenes, but there's very little blood. There's only a couple episodes where we're thinking, oh yeah, that gets a little dark. Um, but great show. And so we're, we're going to not go deep on every episode, but we have eight episodes here. Uh, they divided the, the first season into what they call chapters. And um, we're kind of kind of just talk about our chapters and what we thought about it, and and just some highlights that we enjoyed. By this, just up front, there there will be spoilers, and so if yeah. You, and if you haven't seen season one by now, then what are you doing? Well, I was gonna say, you know, what's wrong with you? But we just now watched season yeah. one. <laughs> but so you yes. may so at this point in the in the in our episode, you may want to go ahead and just. Uh, fast Posit, forward a little bit. Or, yeah, fast, yeah, fast forward. forward a little bit till we get, we are going to do indie corner here at the end of the show. So just fast forward a little bit until we get to that part. However, without much anything else to say, let's just go ahead and jump straight in. So, uh, chapter one is simply called Chapter One, and it gives you the introduction of. I thought it was called The Mandalorian. It might be. It, it doesn't matter. Anyways, it's, it's Chapter One, 
And it's when you first see, you know, who the Mandalorian is, this, this, this key character that we're seeing. And he's basically put on an assignment to go, you know, he's a bounty hunter. Here's a, all these bounties he's doing. He's highly respected in the guild. And here's one of the highest, if not the highest bounty we have right now. Um, bring him back. We want him alive type of a thing. And so, you know, we, you know, we see him go uh, to a desert planet, not giving a lot of details here because, again, try not to spoil a whole lot, right. but, you know, we want to for the sake of time. And you see him fight, and there are some cool fight scenes. Some pretty cool um, fight and scenes. And what I love about this show is that uh, they really captured the essence of Star Wars, in my opinion. There's the grittiness that, I, that in there that I like that's from the episodes 4, 5, and 6, mm-hmm. and then 7, 8, and 9. There's that, yeah. that, that gritty, uh, this isn't CGI, this is, you know, animatronics. Yeah. This, this looks... This looks like the rugged West. It's like a space Western, um, and I like that. I did really like it. Had it had a it really had the feel of the original trilogy, yeah. which I liked. Um, yeah, I was kind of scared going into the show that it would be. I was too. Very um, new trilogy, mm-hmm. but they really captured the the Star Warsiness of the original trilogy. Right. And, so and I thought that was what super was Disney cool. going to do with their first official series right. that's not animated and all that kind of stuff. Now this the Mandalorian is set in the Star Wars universe that we know, uh five years after the events of Return of the Jedi. So everything's kinda like in disarray. Um so he gets this, this desert planet and he has a tracker and we're skipping a lot here and he and he finds the bounty and while he's there, that's when he first meets the other bounty hunter um, IG-11, and IG-11 is basically an assassin droid. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's some really cool shootout scenes, you yep. know, like at the beginning of the movie, like right there that's when they get to the planet. Um, really cool. They recognize they're both bounty hunters, and so they're both fighting um, everyone else in this village. And it's just it's just good old Star Wars action. Yeah. I mean, I could see Han Solo in there, you know, <laughs> yeah. shooting, or even Luke before he's all you know Jedi Master ish, mm-hmm. and he's in there and he's got his you know blaster, and even Leia. I mean, it's just it was a good. It was shootout. really Star Wars, yeah, yeah. It was a fun shootout, um, and then the moment happens, and they find the the floating pod or whatever mm-hmm. it's called, the egg, whatever you call it's, it. It's like a nursery. It's like a bassinet. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a metal, it's a metal bassinet that that's floating. floats, and I still don't know how how not how it floats. I don't care how it floats, how it follows whom it follows. Follows. Yeah. I, I never saw a remote or anything. He or, clicks something on his wrist, but yeah. he like directs. But then it, it follows other people too. So yeah. like, what's that about? It's very weird. So you, you get to the episode. You get to the end of the episode. They they open up the bassinet. That's what we're going to call it. Official Star Wars term here. Nice. And you see Baby Yoda. And this is no spoilers because even if you haven't seen the show, Baby Yoda is everywhere. He exploded on the internet. So, so l- l- make sure because I know there's people probably already trying to correct us. No, this is not actually Baby Obviously Yoda. Obviously, it's not Baby Yoda. Yoda's dead. Yep. But this is you know one of his species, and so we actually don't know how old he is. You know, they call him the child, but you no, know, he, he, you know, Yoda was 900 years old. Yeah. So this guy could be. You know, and 50 years old. The child has tons of wrinkles in his forehead. So unless he had like a very, very stressful birth, and that's why he's got so many wrinkles, then I don't know. I think he, he – and he talks like a baby too. Yeah. So maybe their species just talks like babies for the first half of their lives. slowly. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe. Maybe they evolve slowly. Yoda did always have terrible grammar. Okay, watch it now. Maybe. <laughs> You're talking about a Jedi master. Maybe that's what it was. 
Um, and so at the end of the episode, IG-11 is there about to terminate the child and Lando's, or Lando, Mando's like, <laughs> Lando. I'm not going to have this. And he, you know, drops IG-11 down to the ground. Darn right he does. And then he reaches into the bassinet and their fingers touch and they have a little E.T. moment. And you're yeah. like, oh, and, and he's so cute. Just so cute. Okay. So Ron Tomatoes gives uh, chapter one of The Mandalorian 90%. Um, I'd probably say the same thing. Really enjoyed it, and I'd, I'd probably also give it a ninety percent. Jay, what would you say? Um, I'd probably give it a little bit lower. The first couple episodes in this show, well, just this one episode we're talking about right now. Don't okay, this first careful. episode, while it was really good and I enjoyed it, it's still I wasn't super duper into it. Um, I mean, you know, I thought it was good. I thought you know I had that Star Wars feel, so I you know obviously just because of that I liked it. Um. But I'd probably just, I'd probably give it like an 80, probably like an 83, 84. All right. That's fair. That's fair. Moving on to chapter two, which is the child. Uh, Mando is stuck on the planet because now Jawas have come and completely uh, pulled apart his ship, you know. And I don't remember the guy's name. You got this little uh, uh, farmer uh, on on, on the planet as well. I have spoken. (laughs) Yeah. I, I'm gonna go do this. I have spoken. You know, I love it. He he was a gr- he's a great character throughout the entire. show. I did really like him. Really he was enjoyed a cool him. Character. Yeah, really enjoyed him. And so basically, basically he helps negotiate uh, with Mando with the Jawas to get all the parts back. But to do that, uh, he uh, Mando has to go and find this egg from this uh, this mudhorn, which is like a giant rhino. Mm-hmm. Think about like a giant prehistoric rhinoceros that is huge. And so they they have a scuffle, they have a fight back and forth, and Mando's giving it all he's got. I'm skipping a lot, obviously. Mm-hmm. And right when he gets to the point where like this beast is about to kill Mando, you see the child lifting up his hand, <laughs> and he stops the beast, levitates. He's holding the beast up in in the air mm-hmm. and completely incapacitates him. Mando looks over at the child, and we're all like, "Yeah, this what." Yep. Like we're both shocked of like what's going on, but it's totally cool what's going on. And then Mando, you know, uses his knife and then he kills the beast. And that's basically episode two, which was enough for episode two. That scene was by itself was awesome. Now episode two on Rotten Tomatoes gets a ninety two percent, which is two percent higher than the first episode. And I disagree because the first episode I liked better, and like as far as the episode goes as a whole, mm-hmm. the second episode I was like. I'm kind of bored with Jawas, which was cool to see them in a different light than just like what we were mm-hmm. used to seeing, seeing them more fleshed out. It was kind of neat. But I was I was done with Tatooine. I was done with the Jawas. I was done with all of that. And it wasn't until like the last 10 minutes of the show or the last eight minutes of the show where he's finding the Mudhorn that I was like, okay, this is legit. This yeah. is cool. And, and if it wasn't for that last fight scene, I think this episode would be really low for me. Mm. Um, so for me, this one sits closer like to the eighty-two range. I kind of agree. Um, I still, by this episode, I you know I was enjoying it, but I wasn't super into it. Um, I did enjoy this one a little bit more than the first one, actually, because mainly because of um, that guy that we were talking about, the farmer oh, he's guy. So good, I loved him. I thought he was super duper cool. Um, but yeah, both episode one and two were a little. 
uh, I struggled a little bit to get into them. So, but you know, we did talk about how the fact that in in most Star Wars films or any film for that matter, but with Star Wars films, the initial twenty thirty minutes of the show, if not the whole first third of the of the movie, is a lot of storytelling, mm-hmm. and um, they're having to create this whole story in eight episodes. I mean, tell yeah. this whole story in eight episodes. So there is storytelling in the beginning, and so I it wasn't a bad episode. It just uh, none of these episodes, in fact, are bad. It just yeah, it wasn't no. as I didn't enjoy it as much type of a thing. Mm-hmm. So, moving on to episode three, which is the sin, uh, which I think they named it wrong. That it should be called Chapter Three: Shiny Armor <laughs> yep. or Fancy Armor yep. or whatever. All so, so Mando, you know, he comes back to to the to the planet and where he got the bounty, and he turns the child in. Now, by, by this point, he is developing a little bit of an affection for the child, mm-hmm. and you see it, and, and you can and you you can kind of relate to it. And you're like, dude, don't 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 mm-hmm. don't don't turn him in. But he's got a code to follow, and so he's he 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 accepted a a, a bounty, and he's going to see it through to the end. Right. He gets paid a boatload of this special metal, which I don't remember what it's called, but it's but not only is, he, is it worth a lot. But it's very valuable to the Mandalorian, uh, mm-hmm. like the tribe, the, the the order of the Mandalorians. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's better, the order of them. And so he's able to turn it in. And throughout the, the first couple episodes, he's turning bounties in. And he's getting, you know, like a new shoulder piece for his armor. And that's it. With this one, he turns in so much reward that they're able to give him a complete new set of armor. Yep. New chest piece, the other shoulder piece. Everything. Um, yeah. He looks. He looks. Now he looks cool. Yeah, he looks amazing. Now he looks bad. The only thing he's missing is a jetpack. And uh, the lady, the the forger who forges the armor, goes to give him his signet, which is like his the 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 battle, his big battle, which would be the mudhorn. And before she does, he goes, "But don't. I can't give it to me. An enemy unwillingly helped me. Mm -hmm. Meaning the child helped him. And at that moment, you really begin to see him turn. Like Mm -hmm. I've done the wrong thing. Maybe I need to do something. You know, slightly different." So he actually goes back, he goes against the guild, <laughs> he goes against everything, and he breaks in, and he rescues the child, and there's this really intense oh. fire, uh, fire scene fight, and you're, or, or firefight, what am I trying to say? Gunfight? Gunfight? Whatever. Real real intense, yeah, gunfight. Blasters? And, they call them blasters. Yeah. Blaster fight? Yeah. Um, well, firefight is the right word. Anyway, um, and really intense, and you're thinking, how are they going to get out of this? And you're thinking... Up to this point, they've built up Mando to the point where you actually, it's believable that he can be in this kind of a firefight. Right. So it was not unbelievable at all. And he was amazing with mm-hmm. the flamethrower and everything else, holding, whoops, holding everything off. Um, but then it gets to the point of like no return, like he's going to die here. And there's no baby Yoda to like, ah, yeah. lift your hand, dude. Um, and so right when the, you think all is lost, you know, his people, you know, his his order, the Mandalorians, all come dropping in on their jetpacks. And they just basically take over the firefight, you know, break up the guild, and give him an opportunity to escape with the child. Which was so It was epic. really cool. I mean, what did you it think was about so, that? It was, I mean, it was, it was Star Wars. It was, that. I, that's probably my favorite thing about this show, is how just, they they really just captured that Star Wars feel. Um, it was, it was, it was awesome. It was super cool. The jetpacks, how they were outnumbered, how Mando was outnumbered and still holding his own. And then everyone came at like the perfect second. It was, 
It was It beautiful. was so good. It was so good to watch them all just drop in like they did. It was just, it was absolutely amazing. And, you know, it was also good to see that he got away with the child and they escaped. Which I do want to say the same before we move on to the next episode is that one of the cool things about this episode is that we see him and the child early bond. Mm-hmm. And that's when the first times where you see him, you know, there's a shiny knob on one of the levers in the spaceship. Oh, yeah. And he, <laughs> the child goes and unscrews it and takes it and he wants to hold it because it's a shiny ball. Mm-hmm. And Mando's like, don't touch that. And he mm-hmm. takes it back. And eventually he just gives him the ball. Yeah. And it's like, they're bonding. This is so incredible. Mm-hmm. Absolutely love it. All right. Definitely. That was my favorite episode up until that point. Chapter three, uh, Rotten Tomatoes gives it a 93%. So it keeps increasing. For me, that was my favorite episode, like you just said. And so I totally agree with 93%. Uh, I'll leave it at that. Maybe yep. give it, I don't know, maybe get one or two points higher because I really enjoyed it. But great episode. Okay. Chapter four, Sanctuary, 92% is where they uh, introduce a new character by the name of Cara Dune. And so basically they land on this planet because they're trying to find Sanctuary away from any known system, any known you know radio base and, and bounty hunters get so far on the edge of the galaxy that nobody can find them and hunt the child. Mm-hmm. While there, they discover this village, uh, this you know, living in the middle of the of fields and trees that you know are being attacked by bandits and whatnot. And um, so, you know, basically Mando says, you know, Kara, you want to help me? She's like, it's not my fight. And um, one thing leads to another. And then he's trying to fight and and, and they, they try to hire him. And the, the city doesn't have enough to pay. Mando doesn't really want to get involved. But then he also sees the fact that this could be a, a new home for the child. Mm-hmm. That maybe they could settle down and stop running. Goes back to Kara. Kara does come and decide to help them. So Kara and Mando basically decide, you know what, we're going to take out this rebel, not this rebel, but this, uh, uh, these, these force, this base, these, mm-hmm. um, what's the word I'm looking for? These barbarians. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, not rebels. Raiders. They're raiders. Thank you. We'll take out these raiders just to learn that they have a new <laughs> model ATST that has glowing red eyes. Oh, yeah. And other things. Yep. I mean, it looked pretty epic. It did. Look it cool. looked really awesome. And they go in there to fight, and uh, there's a really cool fight scene. And again, it feels extremely much like Star Wars. Uh, Star Wars has just a unique feel, unlike mm-hmm. any other sci-fi, and they're nailing it every episode. Yeah, and um, you know they, they 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 defeat the Raiders, and then Mando's thinking, you know what? Um, you can see he's torn because he starts getting affection for this lady in the vi- this widow in the village, but then he decides. My, that's when you hear his code. No one has seen my face since I was a child. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't show my face. And so he decides, you know, I'm going to leave, but leave the child here. But I'm going to take off. And right after he decides that, uh, another uh, bounty hunter from the guild finds the child. And right before he takes him out, Kara takes the bounty hunter out. Yeah. And they're like, can't stay. Can't stay. So then they fly off into space again. Yep. And he tries to get Kara to come with him. But he's like, she's like, no, I'm done with my battles. And mm-hmm. I'm, 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 I'm I'm resting here, like I'm, I'm done. So, and also, this episode has some of the best Baby Yoda scenes with the whole oh frog and the soup sipping while he's watching them fight. <laughs> he's drinking soup while there's a fight going on, which is hilarious because you know you're thinking, "Kid, help out!" Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're having. You he's know, just in there drinking Mando, soup. Mando and Kara when they first meet, they don't know what's going on. You know, they don't trust each other, so they're fighting like crazy. And Baby Yoda's just sipping his soup with both hands, just so cute, like. Um, and then uh, later on, uh, he's in the village playing with all the kids, and he's eating frogs. And then with one scene, you're like, 
that's kind of gross. But then yeah. again, we don't know his species, so that's cool. Mm-hmm. And then there's another scene where he puts the frog in his mouth in front of the children. And I'm like, <laughs> that's kind of whatever. And then he spits the frog out, and all the kids laugh. And it's just it's it's warming. Mm-hmm. It was just it was a good episode. So again, Rotten Tomatoes gives it a 92. percent I think that's that's accurate. I actually really enjoyed this episode. Same. All right. Chapter five, The Gunslinger. Uh, Jay, why don't you take this one? Okay. Um, Rotten Tomatoes, by the way, gives this episode a 74%. So definitely tanks from where the other ones were at. But yeah. Go ahead. So on this episode, um, back on Tatooine um, for repairs because ship gets damaged again. Imagine that. Because the whole t- the whole the whole show, Mando's being chased by other bounties. Yeah, hunters. because he has the child now. So everyone's... And he yeah. broke the bounty, so... Um, so, you know, he's back on Tatooine and he, this young, annoying other bounty hunter. He's, he's an upcoming aspiring bounty hunter. Yeah. He has no skill He's not experience. even in the guild yet. He's right. still trying to prove himself. Um, he finds Mando and I'm trying to remember the details, but. So, so there's, there's a bounty on this, on this other assassin, this chick, and, right. and he's like, if I can bring her in, I'll set a place aside mm-hmm. for me for the guild. Like, the guild will have to accept me, but he needs experience. And so Mando, he's so, like, Mando, help me. Mando agrees. Um, not, you know, at first, Mando's never one to be like, oh, yeah, I'll help you. But after a while, you know, Mando agrees. So then they go, some, you know, a couple shots are fired, which is always cool to see. Um and they they eventually capture this lady, and then Mando makes the not smart decision and leaves the young, non-experienced, annoying, <laughs> dumb other bounty hunter with the prize with the lady. Right. And of course, the lady takes advantage of him and his unsmartness and um, tries to you know convince him to kill mando well and she tells him the whole story as well she right. says you know the bounty on him is worth far more than the bounty on me and he has something else with him that mm. basically is a double bounty so then this guy's getting a big head thinking he could take on mando which okay dude um so he kills the he lady obviously hadn't seen episodes one through yeah four, obviously he kills the lady then he goes back to mando to try to get him you know they have a little standoff a little skirmish a little (laughs) yeah it didn't even last like two minutes before you know mando shoots him um and that was that's basically the episode um and then you know during all this the child is back with the lady who is repairing mando's ship um i thought i liked this episode you know like you said there's none of these episodes are bad but this episode definitely was not my favorite out of the eight no not at all uh they give it 74 percent, and i feel like that's where i'm at as well mm-hmm. i'd give it the 70s and uh this episode more than anything else felt like a filler episode uh, yeah this episode did not advance the story in any capacity and it, it didn't even give background on mando at all like literally it was a side story that didn't matter to the rest of the story it could have been cut out and you wouldn't have missed anything. They just didn't want to end on seven episodes. I mean, it they was, wanted it, it to be an even number. It was a fun episode. I mean, don't get me wrong. It just, it it was not the quality of the other ones. Yeah. And it didn't have to do anything with the story. Agreed. So, uh, moving on to chapter six, The Prisoner. Uh, this chapter gets 83% on Rotten Tomatoes. And I actually really liked this episode. I think um, 
I mean, probably the 80s is 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 good. I probably would have given it like closer to higher of 88 than 83. But I really like this because in short, Mando takes on a job from a guy that he's worked with seemingly way in the past that he used to run with. And they're going to basically break out a prisoner from a New Republic um, prisoner barge. And Mando doesn't know all of this up front. He just knows it's a job. And he's being placed with people that he does not like, and that the team built around him he does not like. Uh, the team lead uh, is not of the caliber that Mando is, and so Mando's trying to play by the rules. When they first get there, they encounter problems, and Mando single-handedly destroys all yeah. of the security droids, and they're all like, well, I guess you did your piece, but it still, I was like, he's totally outshines them all. Because mm-hmm. um, of that armor. Because of that armor. The armor was amazing. Uh, they eventually rescue the prisoner they're trying to break out, and as they rescue him, they immediately double-cross Mando, and now he's locked up. And all the while, the clown, the, the, the clown, the, ca- <laughs> the clock is ticking down because a distress beacon was 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 uh, left, and now X wings and the New Republic is now coming after them to you know to to find out what's going on with his prisoner mm-hmm. ship. And so the rest of the episode, first half of the episode, they're breaking in. The second half of the episode, they're trying to break out. And you really, what I like about this episode is you really see Mando's skill. Um, mm. It got a little dark where, like, you see him, you know, killing people, like, sliding them through doors and all these kinds of stuff. Just to, at the, at the end of the episode, you're like, oh, he didn't kill anybody. Yeah. Which was interesting, which I liked because up to this point, he was very big on, you know, it's droids only, right? And he hates droids, droids only. And they find one human guard and they kill him. And he's like, there's supposed to be no collateral damage. Like, we're not supposed to be shooting mm-hmm. anyone. Um, and then you, they double cross him. And then you see him kind of like enraged. And yeah. he's like, no, no one double crosses me. And he looks like he's taking out every single person. One by one, yep. Which he does. But then at the very end, as he's escaping, you see that he actually, you know, locked them all up in in their own cells, cells and whatnot, and he actually didn't kill anybody, which I really admired. I thought that was actually pretty darn cool. Um, and then, and I just have to say, my favorite moment oh, was I already know he gets back to back to at the very end to turn in the bounty to turn over the guy, and you can tell that the head guy who sent him out on the on the bounty, he's like he didn't expect Mando to survive, like mm-hmm. he. He planned the double cross. Yeah. So Mando comes back, gets his reward, you know, gets his payment, and he goes to leave. And the whole time you're thinking, Mando, be careful. Don't turn your back. Yeah. And you've got the prisoner that escaped. He's the only one that survived, you know, the whole barge as far as getting mm-hmm. off the barge. You've got the guy, the prisoner they went to get, which was the bounty. And then you've got the guy who gave the bounty in the beginning. And as they're leaving, you're, they're like, they're laughing like, hey, we're going to, you know, and they get their weapons ready to basically blow his ship out of the, out of the sky. And what Mando did was he took the, I loved it, he took the the beacon, the emergency beacon from the the uh, prisoner uh, barge, and he slipped it in where, you know, this, the space station that they were at. Mm-hmm. And as soon, it, it's a simultaneous scene. You see, all of a sudden you see all these X-wings, you know, coming in for, from, from hyperspace. Yep. And they... There's the target right there because it's on the base, and they see and you the, the see marker. them in there. You so see the good. you see the the pilot's face in the X wing. Mm-hmm. Is there anything more Star Wars than that? I mean, come oh, on, a pilot in X wing was amazing. Yep, so good. And right as they you know come in from a hyperspace, uh, Mando you know flies away, 
and they just begin to destroy the base and it's obliterated. And it's like Mando has his revenge, which mm-hmm. was totally awesome. So uh, they give that episode, uh, I'm sorry, chapter six, The Prisoner in 83. Again, I think I'd give it higher, like an 87, 88. Really enjoyed it. Um, you can almost say it's a standalone episode, but one of the big things about it is that for me, it gave some background into Mando's past. Um, which I will say as well, every episode does a little bit of a flashback into Mando's past, mm-hmm. and the show does a great job of stitching these flashes together, um, which brings us to chapters 7 and 8, which we're going to talk about together as one episode, mm-hmm. because it really is one episode. Yeah. Chapter 7 is called The Reckoning, which received 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, and chapter 8 is Redemption, which also received 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. I completely agree with this same Uh, absolutely loved it so um, in talking about both episodes jay why don't you start with this one um and let's save the ending of chapter eight till the end but let's go and start you know with chapter seven and just kind of make our way through this okay um i'm trying to remember because they were it was like one episode in a way i'm trying to um Remember so, seven. So Mando, apart from eight. so the beginning of it, Mando receives a message from the guy who's been giving him all, you know, like who's like managing the guild, who's been giving him all of the, the bounties and everything else, and saying, mm-hmm. "Look, I'll, I'll make you a deal. Our 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 town is being oh, overrun yeah. by the Imperials and um, some really bad dudes. Actually, they only did this as Imperials, just some really bad guys, and you don't really know who it is at first. And he's thinking, he says, if you come back." Help us get rid of them. We'll wipe the slate clean. Like, Mm -hmm. I'll remove the bounty from your head, and everything can go back to the way it was. Right. And so Mando goes back to the planet. Before he does that, he goes back, uh, and he actually gets uh, Kara. Kara. And he's like, I need your help. And so so Kara joins, which, by the way, uh, early on, or somewhere in, I think it's early on, episode seven, one of the cutest moments with Baby Yoda, uh, Kara and, and Mando are arm wrestling. Oh, yeah. And Baby Yoda, by this point, is very protective of Mando. Mm-hmm. Very protective they of Mando. They bonded and everything. And uh, they're arm wrestling, and you know, to see who's going to win, and Baby Yoda sees it, and he thinks he's being attacked. Yeah. That Mando's being attacked. <laughs> so he puts up his little hand and begins to force choke Kara, and she doesn't know what's going on. Remember, at this time in Star Wars, most people don't even know what the Force is. They've heard rumors or maybe tells and stories, but they don't know what the force is. So they're like, what is this child and what is he doing? But he's force choking her and freaks her out, freaks everyone out. And he's like, you know, freaked me out a little bit because you don't really ever see anyone do that other than Darth Vader. And I was like, is baby Yoda force choking her right now? (laughs) You know, not to get on deep on the force, but his motivation wasn't one of the dark side as far as to kill or to hurt. It was one out of defense. It was just, it was light side. It was just seeing, the force choke right is you know it but yeah it was very cute you're right it was extremely cute so what we end up finding is and we'll skip most of this episode is that the 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 city is now under siege um by a an imperial warlord by the name of moff gideon which by the way i can't remember this actor's name but i really like this actor very great actor and he comes in there and he kills the original client um, and all this kind of stuff, and he wants he wants the child. You find out that from episode one, this is the guy who's wanting the child. This Big is bad why boss the bounty man. is so high. This guy wants the child. Mm-hmm. And so um, you find Mando, you find Kara, you find um, IG-11, and, and by this point, IG-11's been rewired by the, the, oh, yeah. the little farmer 
uh, desert farmer guy. Whatever I can't remember his name, his name right now. And now he's no longer an assassin droid, but he's a nanny. And so his primary function is to protect the child, which is really cool. And season, and episode, or chapter 7 ends on this very big high note where they're in the middle of a shootout and there's no way out. Um, and it's just so cool. It, it, because, it, it, again, it feels so Star Wars where there's no hope. Like, we, we've lost all hope. What's going to happen next? Um, I don't want to say much more into it because if you haven't seen it, you need to go watch this. I mean, the episode is absolutely amazing. Um, okay, so that one ends, and um, uh, the child gets kidnapped because uh, Mando sends the... Uh, the, 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 the little child. guy, well, not the child, he sends a child with the, the little oh, old guy the, yeah. from the planet, and he's trying to make it back to the ship. And, and he's on this slow animal, right. he's like ones that barely he even running. Well, unfortunately, right before he gets to the ship, he is gunned down by stormtroopers, and the stormtroopers grab the child. On their speeders. Which, can we just talk about that for a second? Yes, the, the way this episode 8 starts off. The dialogue of, this, of the of the stormtroopers. Yes, I thought it was awesome. I loved it. I thought it was super hilarious. I thought it was perfect. I thought it was super cool because in the movies, you know, you don't ever really see the Star Wars or the the stormtroopers talk. There's no personality when it comes. Right, to they don't have personalities. None. And so you often forget that there's people under the helmets. Right. But it in this in the beginning, just the few, you know, the couple minutes in the beginning of this episode. You know, they talk, and they're talking about Baby Yoda, and it was... And they're both just, like, chilling. Yeah, they're just leaning against their their speeders. speeders. Yeah. As if they're, like, you know, motorcycles, and they're just leaning against their speeders, and they're like, have you seen the package? (laughs) Yeah, I've seen it. What does it look like? I'm just, you know, whatever. Let me see. You're not opening this bag. Come on, man. I just want to see what it... And you tell them they're bored. (laughs) Tell me what it is. No, I'm not seeing it. Command base, this is blah, 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 blah. Are things secure yet? No update. Okay, fine. So they're waiting. Man, nothing out here to do. We're just bored. Come on, man. Let me see the guy. Let me let me see the the kid or the or the package. And they're going back and forth, back and forth, and and there's nothing. And it's just it's it, it was totally it unnecessary. Was, yeah, they did not need to put it in the episode, but it was genius writing. It was yeah. It was so good to start the episode. It was that hilarious. Way. I loved it so much. And then didn't Baby Yoda end up biting? One of their fingers. I think they or finally opened it up. Yeah, he finally opens it up and he puts his finger in there and he bites it. And he's yeah, like, oh, and then hits him on the <laughs> yeah. head. Um, and that's when IG Eleven does one of the Saves coolest the Star Wars scenes ever. He's on a speeder. Remember, he's an assassin droid, but he's been reprogrammed to be an as nanny, a nurse, a right, nanny, as a nurse right. for Baby Yoda. And so now you've got his the one he's supposed to be caring for. So he's pulling out all guns and he is going as fast as you've ever seen a speeder go. And he's taking out stormtroopers left and right. Just I mean a whole, just this whole area of troopers, uh, this whole little zone that's under guard. He's wiping them all out, and he rescues Baby Yoda, which is great. But then he takes them back to where Mando is and mm-hmm. Kara is, and you're thinking, why did you bring the baby back? But he came back to save them as well. Yeah. Um. We see some more Baby Yoda, you know, force action where. A big, you know, flame, I don't know what you call it, oh, a big yeah. flame trooper comes in. Oh, my in gosh, that seems so cool. To ignite the entire room full of flames, and Baby Yoda puts up his hand, and there's, like, this force shield, which is so Uses cool, the force. It holds the fire back. So, yeah, it, it was, and it was super cool seeing that because almost every time you see the force, they're, like, picking up a physical object. 
but he uses the force to push the fire back. Like, yep. it was so cool. Yep. There's a lot of things that go on back and forth between Mando and then this Imperial tough guy, Gideon, and uh, they, they exchange words and everything else, and they finally escape through a vent uh, that, in mm-hmm. the room that they're trapped in. They, they get down to the lower levels, and, and, and Mando actually finds the armor the armorer who created his original armor, and most of the Mandalorians that we've seen up to that point, you, you see in this episode that they're dead. Mm-hmm. Like the Imperials have wiped them out. And she's there, and he's like, come with us. And she's like, my place is here. I've got to finish what I'm doing. And it's all about, you know, this is the way. This is the this way. This is the way. This is the way. Mm-hmm. And so they, they stay there, and she says, but I've got one last thing, or two last things for you. She goes, you've earned your, she knows what's going on. You've earned your signet. Oh, and yeah. it's the it's the mud horn. And you're like, mm-hmm. oh, it's so cool. And then she says, um, there's one last piece that you are lacking. And she goes, with oh. training. And she pulls out the jet pack. And you're thinking, yeah. Yep. Finish the ensemble. T- took long enough. It's so cool. Yep. And so then they, you know, they escape. There's details. We won't go into all that. Um, and then you're thinking the show's over. And right as they escape out of the city, they're coming out of the mouth of a cave into desert wasteland. Gideon, you know, Grand Moff guy, mm-hmm. arrives flying a TIE fighter, shooting at him. And you're thinking, Baby Yoda is the only one who can save the day here. Mm-hmm. Like, at least that's what I thought. Yeah. That's what I thought. Uh, but Mando... With his brand new jetpacks, like, I'm going to try this thing out. And he, oh, that scene was so cool. Because, like, oh, my, it was, it was, because he flies up with the jetpack. And he says, when she gives him the jetpack, he says he hasn't, he's only trained, like, when he was younger, when he was a kid. And he hasn't tried one since. And you can tell his And you can tell his flying is rusty. He's not smooth with it. But he flies up, gets up on the TIE, grabs up on the TIE fighter, Sticks a couple grenades on there, falls back, and hit the TIE fighter explodes. It goes down. And, and it crashes. It crashes. And, and, and that's the last we see of Gideon. But it was just point. such an awesome scene. Right. We won't talk about it. It's oh. just, but man, the, the, yeah. that whole scene was just like, this rocks. And again, because of the way that they were messing with Gideon, I'm sorry, with uh, Mando, it was totally believable. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like, this is too far-fetched. Mando, up to this point, they keep building him up like, this guy is... Yeah. Like, this guy would have given Boba Fett, I mean, not even a run for his money. This guy would have, like, taken Boba Fett mm-hmm. out. I'm just saying. It was, he was just amazing. It was the perfect finale to season one. And so then, you know, Mando and Baby Yoda, everybody leaves. The child is safe, and they, and they, and they leave. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> you see the, the, the wrecked, crashed TIE fighter. And it's being sawed in half. Now it's rubble, it's crushed, and it's being sawed in half. And out comes, you know, Gideon wielding a dark saber, and he just sliced through. You're like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. What? And so, and then it ends. Now we have not watched uh, season two. Shame on us. And everyone I know is like, you've got to watch season two. And I am so excited and ready to watch We're season going two to. because that was absolutely, whoops, that was absolutely amazing. And I cannot wait to watch season two. Same. Um, any last thoughts on, on chapters seven and eight? Um, no, I definitely thought they were the best episodes. Definitely agree with Rotten Phenomenal. Tomatoes. Perfect Phenomenal. finale to season one. Um, excited for season two. Super excited. Most of these episodes are only like half an hour long. And mm-hmm. so when you look at this, it's only... 
You know, I mean, they really could have made this whole thing into two movies, which I'm glad they didn't. I'm glad it's one one series. Yeah. So worth watching. Incredible. One of the best things that, and I know Star Wars is being produced by different people now and written by different people and directed by different people. This is one of the best Star Wars things to come out in a long time. So good. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had a lot of reservations on what is Star Wars going to look like after the Skywalker saga. Ooh, and, yeah. man... If Disney keeps doing things like this, I am just I am I am ready for some Star Wars. So good. So good. All right. Uh we are almost out of time. Before we do that, we did want to hit Indie Corner because we haven't in a while. So here we are with Indie Corner. I've missed that little sound effect right there. So in Indie Corner, we've got one game we're going to bring to you guys, and that is Super Hot. We have talked about it on the show before. It's not a new game. It is an older game. It's on every console out there, including, uh, I think, every VR system out there. Mm. And if you've only played this game in VR, one, I think you played it in the best place. But two, if you haven't played it on yeah. console, um, it is a, it's the same game, but it is a different game at the same time. It's the same game. But moving through, you know, time because the game the, Super Hot is a game where it's based on your movements. Time stands still unless you move. Mm-hmm. And so, if you go to pick up a gun, you know, to shoot the enemy, then they move. Think about the Matrix and bullet time. If they shoot a bullet at you, that bullet's going to stand still in time until you move. So in VR, if you move your head, you just moved. The bullet's going to hit you. In this game, it's not so much about moving your your body and your views, but on the console, it really is a lot more about, okay, you're looking at the layout of the level, you're controlling your character with the thumbsticks, and so it changes how you play, and not for the worse. It definitely gives it a a, a unique gameplay experience, experience outside of the VR. I hesitated on picking this up when I, when I did uh, last year for Switch, but I'm so glad I did because it's a lot of fun. Um... And it's one of those games to where, I mean, this game is a high, you know, 9 out of 10 type of a game. This game is amazing. Um, And if you've never heard of it or played it, then just you need to watch some YouTube. But even then, watching it is completely different from playing it. You you need to play this game. The game's normally $24.99 on the Nintendo eShop. Right now, you can pick it up for $14.99. It is rated T for teen because there is action and you're you're, you're not killing people because there's guns and stuff. Right, because the, pe- the not the people, the humanoids have no faces, have no, I mean, their their body is just humanoid, there's mm-hmm. no clothes or anything, and they just, they're like these red, you know, people moving around, and so it's, it's I mean, check it out, there's no blood. Um, it's a great game, though, and the fact that you can get it right now for $15, at, at $25 it's worth it, but at $15, oh, bucks, yeah. it's a steal, it's, again, it's super hot, we'll put links to it in the, sh- in the show notes, but it's a great great game there's nothing else like it um the only thing i can say is if you if you watch the matrix you know if you're if you're an older if you're a mom or dad and you watch the matrix and you loved it and you're thinking i could use some neo bullet time action pick up the game it's a great game so any thoughts jay that you want to add to that um no i mean if you have a vr headset then i would strongly recommend you know looking into this game because i've only played it on vr but I lo- it's one of my favorite games to play whenever we bust out the VR. And again, so. I do want to say if you if you've played it on VR and beat it on VR like I did, um, don't pass it up on console mm-hmm. and especially handheld. I'm really liking this in handheld mode. So again, it's called Super Hot. It's all one word. 
$14.99, definitely a recommendation for Indie Corner. Uh, but, Jay, that's going to wrap up the show. Uh, we're just a little bit over time, so we need to go ahead and end this right here. Remember that you can find everything that we've talked about in the links in the show notes. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, DadsGC, on Facebook.com slash DadsGamingCorner. Uh, we want to hear from you, our listeners, so drop us a line at heydad at dadsgamingcorner.com. Send us your thoughts. And remember, you can join our Discord server, which we will put a link directly in the show notes that will take you directly to our Discord server. We would love to hang out with you and chat with you. Looking forward to that. As always, you can help the show by subscribing on iTunes and leaving us a positive review or wherever it is that you listen to your podcast. And as always, if you'd like to help the show financially, you can do so via Patreon at patreon.com slash dad's gaming corner jay that's gonna wrap up the show it was a good show it was a good show it was a fun show if y'all haven't seen mandalorian yet go watch it go watch mandalorian super worth it if you need wait two weeks from the little bit that we said if it was a spoiler we said very little go watch it it's it's oh amazing. yeah yeah it's a it, very it's detailed amazing. in-depth show so yeah so everyone stay safe uh play lots of fun games be healthy and we'll talk to y'all next week <laughs>